Hey guys, uh, it's Bryce here popping in at the top of the show to warn you about the show that you are about to hear. Uh, for those that don't know, in order to record the show, we use a site called Riverside.fm. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, during the show, uh, we were given no indication of the uh, the recording. Riverside handles all our recording. Uh, Riverside gave us no indication that there was an issue with the recordings. And somewhere in the chain between Greg's computer and Riverside, something didn't happen properly. And as a result, uh, not only is his audio of significantly lower quality than the rest of ours, which you may notice, um, it's also uh, the the last maybe 20 minutes of his audio are just gone. Uh, and there was nothing I could do about it. So as a result, the show uh, is going to feel kind of weird. We had technical problems with him throughout the night that we were dealing with. So if you notice any sort of weirdness in how the show uh, plays out or comes across, especially uh, most notably um, after the hour mark, that's why. Uh, is because uh, we lose Greg entirely and I don't have a recording of it. It's gone. It's lost to history. It, it's uh, it's missing, unfortunately. Um, th- there are clear and obvious solutions that I will go through next week to make sure that this doesn't happen again. I'm incredibly uh, sorry about it. As, as upset as you may be that that uh, point is missing there, trust that I am... Uh, incredibly more upset about it <laughs> uh because uh you know uh it sucks that uh that part of the show will not be there for your enjoyment and i'll have to figure out what i'm going to do in editing i'm not even sure what i'm going to do in editing for it yet uh but uh uh the recording tools that we use to record this show are very expensive. Expensive to the point where um, them uh, losing an entire portion of my show for me uh, is uh, a problem uh, that I have already uh, written a, a carefully worded but very firm letter about. Uh, and so uh, this situation is ongoing uh, for now, uh, but trust that we will have a solution next week and trust that I am deeply sorry uh, that uh, it's happened this way and, and uh, m- more upset about it than any of you are. Uh, so when uh, when we get to that point, I'll hop back in here and let you know what I did, but uh, just be wary that at, at, at about the one hour mark on the show, uh, we're going to lose Greg and he's he's not going to come back on the show, even though he was there in the recording the whole time. Oh, my God. I'm so I'm so upset about it. Uh, but uh, what that means is uh, a couple of things I know before I even hop into the edit is that uh <laughs> Uh, his conclusion's going to be gone as far as what he gave Aretha Franklin. Spoiler alert now, he gave Aretha Franklin a five. Um, second, uh, it's his week to pick the artist. So uh, that I have no idea what I'm going to do with that entire section. Uh, but we're going to see. And, uh, and I hope that you will uh, go on the journey with me because the hour that precedes that 
I, is solid and great. And we do a, we have an awesome conversation about some new music and then uh, the icon, Aretha Franklin. Um, again, I, I thank you guys for your patience. Not at all the show that I wanted to present uh, today, uh, but uh, most of the way there, I think still worth your time. And, uh, and I promise that uh, when we talk to you next week uh, for the show, uh, it's not going to be the same kind of struggle uh, that is, uh, is here. Uh, God, I hope. Anyway, uh, but I'm going to get to the, I'm going to let you get to the show now. Please enjoy uh, this uh, volume seven of the Rock of Shame podcast, Aretha Franklin. To do the spiel. Do the spiel. Do you want me to spiel. do the thing? Spiel. Let's get out of the way. <laughs> Congratulations. Spiel. You found volume seven of the Rock of Shame podcast, the backlog busting deep diving music podcast where we discover something new every single week. I am your host, the bad boy Bryce Reed. I am joined by the dirty daddy Greg Plord. What it do, everybody? Uh, and the thick one himself, uh, Drew Peak over here. My chappy bus in respectfully. Sheesh! <laughs> I don't know if you're going to kill me or I'm going to kill you. I don't know which one's <laughs> going to happen first. But <laughs> I'll be there to witness it. Take me out of my misery. I, I, give, I give my entire heart and soul to you, Bryce, to end it all. If you're new to the show, let me give you the good news. Each week, these three naughty, naughty boys and sometimes guests yeah. uh, select a musical artist or group we've never really uh, listened to, and we spend the whole week immersing ourselves in the art and the culture and the world of that artist, only to return here the following week and tell you all about it. You can listen along with us uh, and join our brand new Discord community over at tinyurl.com last rock of shame um uh, a lot of uh, fun being had over there uh, across the uh, the sections where uh, we talk about music we talk about basically everything over there uh, we're having a blast with our small little community but uh, of course we could always use more people uh, to come in and and uh, do as much talking as you want about anything you like any day of the week if you've never used Discord before, it's a wonderful sort of central hub that we use for our community where we can uh, discuss uh, great music and more every single day over there. Kind of a mix between uh, an internet forum and uh, a group chat, uh, if you will. Um, uh, we're all there having a party, talking about music. Rock of Shame, tinyurl.com slash rock of shame gets you the invite to that Discord server. Uh, music is better when you share it, and so is this podcast. Share us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Uh, tweet at us over on Twitter if you're still uh, 
shouting into the cesspool over there. Uh, if you uh, uh, want to help us uh, out uh, on the show or you want to join us, you can join us every Wednesday night. Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, you can join Buddy. us Tuesday night. It's still in the document. I, I, I changed the things in the document that I think need to be changed, and that's just, it still needs to be changed. Uh, Tuesday night <laughs> over at uh, Uh But most importantly for now, just uh, subscribe to the show on any podcast platform that you listen to and join us every week that's more important uh than anything is that uh you're here along with us uh as always on this show we start off talking about new music uh i don't have much from this week certainly not like last week last week was massive this one was smaller for me um but uh let's uh start with uh drew drew do you have anything new i think nope. you do i think that Wait. you do <laughs> really did did your sister not drop a new song this week? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that part was not planned. <laughs> Look at Bryce being more fucking responsible than me and like <laughs> helping me to plug my sister. <laughs> I'll plug your sister anytime. <laughs> <laughs> This is where Drew quits the show. Hey, what's up, Ghost Game? Uh, we're doing. <laughs> yeah, we're we're just uh, talking about how my sister's really hot. Hey, what's going on, Ghost Game? Uh, no, hey, no, hey, hey, your words not mine, man. I was I was above the board with it. Okay, you took it the way you want to take it, but. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, you fucking delinquent. <laughs> So, new music this week, things that I have discovered. Uh, gotta say, man, my sister, who goes by the artist named Emlyn, all lowercase E-M-L-Y-N. Uh, yeah, she came out with a song called Bomb. Just B-O-M-B. Like, yeah. And it's uh, back on my bullshit, is what it stands mm. for. Cool fucking song. Uh, she kind of went like low-key a little uh, TikTok viral on it. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's an awesome new single. Got some TikTok popularity on it. I think she hit like over a million views on TikTok just teasing the song, being like, should I release this? Yeah. And TikTok. I'm not, I'm, I am not on TikTok. Is a million a lot? A lot. Yeah. yeah that's that's going lot. That's going viral for sure. Yeah. Sick. It's like if you were a public person on Instagram and you had a video that went viral on Instagram in a public account, like it's the same kind of thing. It's a little TikTok's more accessible, algorithm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, TikTok's algorithm does kind of get you more views a lot, especially if it's, like, one of your first posts. Although I'd imagine with her, she probably has been on TikTok for a little bit based on the type of music that she makes. But um, I haven't heard the song, but I have now saved it onto my Spotify, and I might yeah. add it onto my playlist. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a super fun, super-duper poppy, uh, badass track that she made. Um, and, like, uh, she just absolutely belts it. Like, she's got that... I mean, like when we were younger, it's funny that we're on Aretha Franklin because, uh, you know, that was a big influence of hers when she was younger. It's just like that belting style that like Aretha does. Like, you know, my sister really tries to do that with her stuff when it fits. Obviously, she's not going to go ham. It's pop music. You know, you got to kind of like have some sense of like melody and catchiness and shit. You can't just like 
you know, showboat the entire song, but she definitely has got, I don't, I don't, I think there are definitely are pop artists who do that. Yeah. Uh, but I think, mm. I think Beyonce does the shit out of that shit. Oh yeah. Of uh, I think fucking Mariah Carey made a career out of doing that shit. She definitely, she definitely belts like a motherfucker. It's just mm. like, at the same time, I know she can even belt harder, but like, she kind of <laughs> like, she kind of kept it back a little bit just to like, get the ideas out and like badass melodies, super catchy hook. Like, I mean, you just have to listen to it, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's up to like 75,000 plays already. Just came yeah, out. Spotify I'm is super 000. excited for her uh, that she's having such like, you know, a good time with getting people to check it out. Um, you know, good for her. Like super awesome. Uh, great job, Maggie. I love you. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Thanks for the reminder, Bryce, so I could be a good brother and not a shitty one. Um, <laughs> I got yeah, I get her, uh, according to her, I follow her on uh, Facebook. Mm. Uh, according to her, it wasn't even something she was going to put out, and then TikTok it kind of blew up on TikTok, so she put it out earlier than she was going to end up putting it out. So yeah, I mean, good on her manager too for like being like, all right, we're going to put it out because like that <laughs> that traction that it got like. I think that helped too because she's already like I think almost like doubled uh streaming plays on this one on her Spotify and all that than any of other other songs so far. And like she's got some great other stuff there too. I mean you could definitely do a little exploration. A lot of like just singles. I don't think she's put out a full length album. But you know, she is a songwriter. She writes for she's a ghostwriter for a lot of other pop artists out in LA. And um she's younger than me, more talented than me, uh, just an all around better person than me. So go check her out. Um <laughs> Greg. <laughs> me it's my turn um yeah there was actually a few different releases um this week that i thoroughly enjoyed um i'll keep it brief um a couple of eps i would recommend checking out is be right back by georgia smith she does a little bit more of like uh r&b soul type of stuff but the way that she approaches it is really really nice um, and the jazz EP by Rodrigo e Gabriela. It's like, uh, it's just three tracks of like really awesome flamenco guitar, uh, with, you know, guitar used as percussion type of duo shit. It's fantastic. I've loved almost everything they've released, honestly. Um, and an album I would highly recommend is, uh, Black to the Future by Sons of Kemet. Uh, they are an Afro jazz band from, uh, from the UK. And while I did prefer uh, their previous album, Your Queen is a Reptile, a little more than this one, this one still has plenty of excellent compositions throughout. The features, the who do spoken word or singing, they do their part very well on here. It's still just an all-around fantastic record. So do go check that out if you want your jazz a little bit weird. I uh, dug through my Spotify recommendations this week to try and find something new. Usually new stuff just kind of comes across my desk, you know, uh, on social media uh, and uh, kind of fall into my lap that way. But it didn't really happen this week. Um, and I had to go into my Spotify recommends, which is a war zone, uh, especially after uh, doing this show. Uh, <laughs> if you like 311, you'll love Slightly Stupid. Yeah, if you oh, like, God, if you yeah, like... that happened to me. And I'm like, get the fuck off. <laughs> if, you like, if you like 311 and Meatloaf. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, like, boy. Uh, you know, just hundreds of songs by these random artists that aren't, don't necessarily <laughs> represent my taste. You know, uh, Our but... biggest influences are Meatloaf, 311, and Lip Biscuit. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so, uh, but uh, uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls, who I've suggested on this show before, put out a new record called Living in the Apocalypse. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about this Voodoo Glow Skulls album really briefly. Uh, it's cool. Uh, I like uh, that. I, I like how old school it sounds. I, I often um, wish some of the bands that do it now that did it then uh they have like a more modern sound or whatever and i often uh like albums that sound musically like they come out of that time uh but uh lyrically kind of talk about modern day issues I, I dig that a lot and so uh this one is a lot about the lockdown uh slight disclaimer on the lyrics uh because i only listened to the record once and uh, I may come out uh, finding out that I vehemently uh, uh, disagree with some of the lyrical uh, uh, sentiments on the album. Uh, but uh, I did enjoy the album musically. And honestly, uh, which is pretty rare for me for a record, I felt like it was maybe shorter than I would have liked it to have been. Um, but worth Randy Blythe out, from, uh, from, Ram- from Lamb of God is on the last track. Oh, is he? <laughs> Apparently, according to, according to Spotify, he's a feature. Is that the singer? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's didn't he really... didn't he get accused of killing a guy? Yeah, and he was. It, yeah, but it was fine though. Was, yeah, everything. Yeah, it it wasn't really his fault. It, it, it all it all came out. He, he only pushed a guy off of really high stage, and then the guy just died uh, in the hospital later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, it's a really cool uh, mix of uh, sort of uh, uh, metal and punk and uh, ska. With a little bit of a hip hop influence and uh, Spanglish lyrical delivery. Ooh, like corn? Um, yeah, kind of like corn. Nice, kind of like dude. that one corn record where they decided they were a dubstep band. Uh, remember that? Uh- <laughs> no, let's not ever relive that record again. <laughs> Let's move on. Volume 7, hopefully with uh, uh, no uh, further uh, errors uh, of a technical nature. Volume Correct. 7. <laughs> it could happen to anyone, Drew. I will break my goddamn laptop if it happens again. <laughs> totally is going to happen to you and me. <laughs> Definitely. You're 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 very surly. Oh, I want you to know that. Uh, <laughs> Why is my pot, little apple bear growling right now? It's so weird. And he doesn't like uh, uh, white boys. I guess. Um, Hates them. <laughs> volume seven, Aretha Franklin. Uh, I'm gonna read uh, the the uh, the rundown from Wikipedia here. Aretha Franklin, March 25th, 1942 to August 16th, 2018. Oh, I, I did want to say Guar put out a new single. I didn't listen to it because uh, I'm now familiar with uh, Guar. Um, <laughs> Aretha Louise Franklin, March 25th, 1942 to August 16th, 2018, was an American singer and civil rights activist. Franklin began 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 uh, began her career as a child singing uh, gospel at uh, New Bethel Baptist Church in Detroit, Michigan, where her father, C.L. Franklin, was a minister. 
At the age of 18, she embarked on a secular music career as a recording artist for Columbia Records. When Franklin's career did not immediately flourish, she found acclaim and commercial success after singing with Atlantic Records in 1966. Hit songs such as I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You, Respect, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, Chain of Fools, Think, and I Say a Little Prayer, uh, propelled her past her musical peers, and by the end of the 1960s, Aretha Franklin had come to be known as the Queen of Soul. Franklin continued to record acclaimed albums such as I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You in 1967, Lady Soul in 1968, Spirit in the Dark in 1970, Young, Gifted, and Black in 1972, Amazing Grace in 1972, and Sparkle in 1976 before experiencing problems with her record company. Franklin left Atlantic in 1979 and signed with Arista Records. She appeared in the 1980 film The Blues Brothers uh, before releasing the successful albums Jump to It, 1982, Who's Zoomin' Who, 1985, and Aretha, 1986, on the Arista label. In 1998, Franklin returned to the top 40 with the Lauryn Hill-produced song A Rose is Still a Rose. Later, she released an album of the same name, which was certified gold. That same year, Franklin earned international acclaim for her performance of Nessun Dorma at the Grammy Awards, where she filled in at the last minute for Luciano Pavarotti, uh, who canceled uh, his appearance after the show had already begun. This is the wildest fucking story on her Wikipedia. Fucking Pavarotti is there and is like, yo, I'm not going to do this song fuck this i'm out and aretha gets up and sings the damn song and slays that's fucking insane uh in a uh, a widely uh, noted performance she paid tribute to 2015 honoree carol king by singing you make me feel like a natural woman at the kennedy center honors franklin recorded 112 charted singles on billboard including 77 hot 100 entries 17 top 10 pop singles, 100 R&B entries, and 20 number one R&B singles. Besides the foregoing, Franklin's well-known hits also include Ain't No Way, Call Me, Don't Play That Song, Spanish Harlem, Rocksteady, Daydreaming, Until You Come Back to Me, uh, Something He Can Feel, Jump To It, Free Way of Love, Who's Zoomin' Who, and I Knew You Were Waiting For Me. A duet with George Michael. Uh, she won 18 Grammy Awards, including the first eight awards given for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance from 1968 to 1975. Franklin is one of the best-selling musical artists of all time, having sold more than 75 million records worldwide. Franklin received numerous honors throughout her career. She was awarded the National Medal of Arts and the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1987. She became the first female performer to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She also was inducted into the UK Music Hall of Fame in 
2005 and the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 2012. In 2010, Rolling Stone magazine ranked her number one on its list of 100 Greatest Singers of All Time and number nine on its list of 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. The Pulitzer Prize jury in 2019 awarded Franklin a posthumous special citation for her indelible contribution to American music and culture for more than five decades. In 2020, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. Uh, 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 an outpouring of accolades for Aretha Franklin. Uh, there was a mention there of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Congratulations to those that were inducted this week. It was particularly nice for me to see Billy Preston uh, get uh, uh, some recognition from them in a side award. Uh, Billy Preston, famous for Nothing from Nothing, which I think is maybe one of the greatest fucking songs ever written. Um, and so that was really cool to see. But also, congrats to uh, J- uh, Jay Z and Foo Fighters and all of the bands that ended up uh, getting inducted uh, as well. Um, when it comes to Aretha Franklin, it's uh, it was my week, so I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, Fine. For... <laughs> I know everybody's like, oh... Uh, for the record, I listened to the electrifying Aretha Franklin from 1962, the tender, the moving, the swinging Aretha Franklin from 1962, uh, laughing on the out- outside from 1963, running out of fools from 1964, yeah, from 1965. <laughs> Soul Sister from 1966, Take It Like You Give It from 1967, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You from 1967, Aretha Arrives from 1967, Lady Soul from 1968, Aretha Now from 1968, Soul 69 from 1969, which, double nice on that one. Big nice. Big, big, nice energy from that one. Uh, Soft and Beautiful from 1969. Uh, This Girl's in Love with You from 1970. Spirit in the Dark from 1970. Amazing Grace from 1972. Young, Gifted, and Black from 1972. Hey Now, Hey from 1973. Let Me in Your Life from 1974. Sparkle from 1976. Aretha from 1980. Kind of Man from 1981. Jump to It from 1982. Uh, Get It Right from 1983. Who's Zoom and Who from 1985 and Aretha from 1986. I find it particularly hilarious. She has an album called Aretha from 1980 and then an album called Aretha from 1986. (laughs) She waited exactly six years to just entirely redo the album name. Uh, I, uh, I, should start oh i also i watched a documentary uh the amazing grace documentary on uh hulu i think it's on um which is uh incredible um aretha franklin is not of this planet uh i uh i i mean as evidenced by the fact that i listened to 26 albums i found her uh discography incredibly listenable uh, not only because I found most of the music to be really solid, but also because every album 
just the perfect 40 minute length man that's all you need get in and get out uh it's beautiful you can crush fucking six of these in a day if you're working hard on it uh really really lovely um she i don't know if i would classify aretha franklin as an artist so much as a feeling um and that might make her one of the best artists uh she uh you know in art but particularly in music the whole purpose is to use this very indirect medium to force a feeling in the listener and if that's what we're going for aretha franklin is the fucking master uh at the thing that she does it felt to me like uh, that scene in the second matrix movie where uh uh uh, Keanu Reeves reaches into Carrie Ann Moss's chest and like grabs her heart and beats it with his fucking hand. Like that's how it felt me listening to Aretha Franklin this week. Like her voice, uh, like went instead of just being in my ears and like, this is nice. Her, her performance went like into my body, you know, uh, the way that she sang. And I think it's particularly great that we listen to, Billie Holiday first on account of, especially in those early records, like the influence is unbelievably clear uh, for Aretha Franklin, shockingly so, uh, uh, to the point where on those first three records, each one has a cover of a Billie Holiday song. Like, it's very clear that that's what they were kind of thinking of going with for her. And she apparently didn't have a lot of success with those records. It's only once she started folding in her gospel background and folding in the R&B thing that was happening at the time over at Motown um, that she really sort of exploded, uh, I guess. And, uh, and when those records come, it's, it's unbelievable. She has a voice that feels like it is trapped in a cage of pop music, uh, that, uh, a, a cage of pop music that cannot possibly contain the voice. And so she has this amazing style, which, uh, you know, we talked about Billie Holiday having this big influence on all the singers around her at the time. Fucking Aretha Franklin, uh, in terms of like what's what female vocals are now is is the fucking mother of everything. Uh, the 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 very center of it, uh, because her style of she's singing very straight, she feels very contained, and then she has this explosion in the melody of of vocal power. Uh, is what every female s- vocalist since then who has blown up big has emulated, uh, because it's this wonderful feeling of exuberance that she's able to put into her performances. Uh, um, as with a lot of artists like her, she's not really a writer. Uh, she has a lot of uh, a lot of uh, writers for her at the time uh, that she went through. Um, I didn't get to her late late catalog. Like I said, I stopped in '86. Uh, but, uh, she, uh, is at the mercy of those writers. I think the, the good thing is her style ends up being so pronounced that once she starts getting into a role with it in the mid sixties, uh, it just doesn't fucking let go until the eighties. Uh, <laughs> always, always and, something uh, with the eighties with, <laughs> it's not, 
it, I, I, ugh, uh, this is going to be like the theme of the sh- fucking podcast forever. The fucking 80s, man. Every single artist I have ever listened to who was big at making music in the 70s, who transitioned to making music in the 80s, the 80s records are demonstrably worse immediately. And I don't oh, know yeah. what it is. It's something in the water. But like we talked about it with Meatloaf with the whole like synthesizers becoming slightly more listenable. And so they started using them more. And then you listen back and you're like, man, if you had just fucking played the way you used to play, this would have been so much better. And they're particularly hard to go back to now. I, I, I mm-hmm. uh, saw my mom this week and I was like, I don't know how you fucking lived in the 80s. Because all of this music is all, it's, it's always awful. And I await the time that we find an artist. I, now, I will say, what's funny is the artists that I, t- that I think are great from the 80s, Run DMC, we did from, who t- most of their stuff is in the 80s, are artists who came out of the 80s. They started in the 80s. But anyone who transitions from 70s, from being a 70s rock and roll boom band into the 80s it like immediately falls apart even fucking queen who i think is like fucking untouchable amazing rock band they move into the 80s and they make a couple albums that are fucking awful they're just not good mm-hmm. um and eventually they everyone sort of as we move through the 80s it's about like how how long it takes for everyone to be like okay we can't with the sense anymore and what i will say about uh aretha is that she gets there faster than a lot of people do which which is nice. Um, there are some sort of the the uh, 85, 86, even the 83 record is like, okay, you're getting back on track and, and maybe not leaning on the synths so much. And Scooby, um, Scooby says that's Paul McCartney to a T as well. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good like, point. Uh, like, Paul McCartney, like prog rock bands from like the 70s yeah. going into 80s. Yes. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, something in the something in the water. Uh, but I mean, that's that's what I want to say about uh, about Aretha Franklin. I, I found I found everything I listened to this week, with the exception of maybe a couple of the early '80s records, incredibly mm-hmm. uh, enjoyable to listen to. It definitely has like one kind of vibe, uh, but it's a, it's a, a kind of vibe that I was fucking down with big time. And what a mm. voice, man. What a fucking monster voice. Um, mm. The likes of which I have never heard uh, prior, and I doubt I will ever hear again. Some of those stuffs, especially when she's really in her prime and in the early 70s, late 60s, is uh, unreal. Like you know, like I said, I I, I think she is not of this planet uh, because it's so far above anything I've ever heard vocally from anybody. It's just unbelievable. Mm. Um, really, really uh, riveting stuff. Um, but since Drew's not fucking here, it has gone off to go do some other shit. Uh, how about we move to Greg now? Oh, he has the, he has the puppy. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I I can go next. Um, it seems like you actually probably listened to more than I did, which will probably be a first for a while. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, let's see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because obviously with like thirty some, you know, thirty plus records. Yeah, she has like forty. She has like forty records now. Some of them are Christmas albums. Some of them are. Um, uh, like tribute records. This was something yeah. that they used to do at the time. Marvin uh, uh, Marvin Gaye's trajectory is almost kind of similar to hers. Yeah. 
Yeah, what I what I did specifically to round it down was I I looked through what charted, mm-hmm. um, and I listened to whatever was available that charted above one hundred. Right. So it still gave me a lot still to listen lot. to. I rounded down. Still yeah. a lot. Although unfortunately, Spotify did not have a lot of the later seventy records. Yeah, which was sp- kind of unfortunate because I because that was that sounded like it was her transition into like a more disco sound and i was kind of curious to see where those went because those were critically panned they're they're straight up just not on yeah Yeah. apparently uh apparently spotify did not want to acknowledge the late 70s uh (laughs) era aretha franklin but the ones i listened to were the tender moving the swinging uh running out of fools uh, I never loved a man the way that I love you. Aretha arrives. Lady Soul. Aretha now. Soul sixty nine. Nice. The girl. This girl's in love with you. Spirit in the dark. Young, gifted, and black. Hey now, hey. Let me in your life. Aretha. Uh, the first Arista one. Uh, love all the hurt away. Jump to it. Get it right. Aretha. The second one. Oh, and uh, who's zooming who? I can't forget that one. Uh, <laughs> Through the storm, a rose is still a rose, and so damn happy. Yeah, you went later than I did at the, at the very least. Yeah, yeah, those ones still charted, and I didn't go with any of the things released past that because most of them were the Christmas records or the deliberately modern classic tribute style records that I just wanted to avoid because I just wanted to hear Aretha or with c- compilations. A lot of compilations later that are listed as albums on Spotify for some reason. Yeah, so I went uh, I went toward things that were uh, marketed as like solely Aretha records and not just Aretha singing the classics right, kind right. of records. And her evolution was very very interesting and we can and we'll digest more of that in a minute, but the the way from where she started which was much more I wouldn't say completely parallel with uh Billie Holiday, but she did start more in like the jazz singing route kind of way jazz with a little bit of fusion or at least with the records that i heard um and then she just immediately in the late 60s has transitioned and boomed with much more funk much more blues much more just massive gospel influence that just the previous the prior records just didn't quite hit that mark that fusion well that's that's kind of what they did with black artists at the time uh marvin gay is another example of them doing that his first few records are nat king cole type vocal jazz records uh yeah and there is that point in the 60s where suddenly like motown starts making fucking motown music and well the transition actually happens and i'm actually watching uh i started watching and i haven't finished it yet um national geographic's genius series Mm -hmm. and their third season was on aretha i've done a couple episodes so far and so far it's pretty good i recommend checking it out um but when she was on columbia that's exactly what they did columbia they didn't really know what to do with aretha they thought oh well you know jazz you know jazz vocal stuff is sold for us for years and years we know what we're doing and aretha's like i want to do more and columbia basically said fuck you (laughs) yeah and so she eventually moved to Atlantic for years, and that really worked out for her mm-hmm. in her favor because she just exploded with that pop sensibility, but in a, in a way that really hadn't been approached or really executed the way that she did it. 
And with those fusions of gospel, blues, funk, and the sort of ever, the ever-evolving rhythm and blues soul genre, she just really catapulted it through most of, you know, late 60s to even mid-70s uh, catalog. Like I said, I don't know about the late 70s catalog where supposedly she goes a little more toward uh, disco um, which I'm sure was probably where you mentioned in the Wikipedia reading the label, uh, the mercy of the writers and label issues, because that was probably where Reef was like, hey, this isn't doing well, and I don't really want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but um, not that she, because she is definitely one of like the classic divas. Like, if she wanted something, she would get it. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure at that point in the in her career, the label's like, nope, you're going to do exactly what we want because your style is not in anymore. And it's like, well, shit. And the biggest thing is the gospel influence, right? I, it, it's, yeah. it's worth noting her father, C.L. Franklin, in his own right, was incredibly famous as a minister. Huge, oh, yeah. huge black minister at the time. Just like an evangelist. Uh, oh, like, yeah. It, crazy popular. Yeah. But yeah, like crazy yeah. popular evangelist, uh, eventually civil rights involved. Yeah, he was, selling, he was selling his sermons as records. And he was selling them by the boatload. She kind of like you know. The he, went gospel influence, he went double mer. He went double mer. The gospel influence for her is not a put on. Like she is legit, classically trained uh, gospel influence. Oh, yeah. You know, and and oh, yeah. uh, I what I partake. I uh, she, her voice was such a magical thing that they invented a genre to describe what she was doing, and they they named it after. The soul. <laughs> like, that's yeah. That's all fucking, uh, you know. I mean, so. how else can you really describe it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then with the 80s, with her transition to Arista Records, um, it, yeah, the early 80s, we, again, we'll dissect it a bit more, but uh, yeah, not off to a great start. Uh, <laughs> it was that weird, like, 80s adult contemporary genre, which was the absolute worst of it. And unfortunately, it was kind of like the early records in the way that she was trying to do that, but also a little bit of like funk and pop, but not quite executing it there yet. And once it hits, uh, once it hits who's zooming who, then it like actually hit for me. I'm like, thank you. Right. Now this works because now she's in that 80s diva phase. Right. And it actually works because you have Whitney Houston and several others from the 80s um, who are basically embodying her style and, you know, bringing it to this era. So now it's just a matter of time before she finally adapted properly. Right. Um, later 80s, um, not not quite as good as that record, but definitely better than the early 80s. I will, again, dissect that <laughs> later. Um, I didn't listen to What You See Is What You Sweat, which was, I, I guess, a new Jack Swing record. But that didn't chart above 100, so I didn't listen to that. But I was still kind of like, maybe I'll listen to it again in my own time, but I don't have enough time to listen to it right now. But uh, I dissected, uh, I did a little bit of a crash course skim through A Rose is Still a Rose and So Damn Happy. And those ones, she adapted pretty well to what 90s R&B was for the time. She definitely had the best writers, I think, for that period. For her record and there are some good songs on both of those records it's just like would i listen to those over her classic stuff fuck no but would i still like recommend it for like people who want to really give a, re- a deep dive of arifa's later discography sure right right so overall 
I really, really liked this, and I cannot wait to continue digging in. Drew, you are up, my boy. Man, so I hate to be the guy who contrasts everything, but like Aretha just didn't really do it for me. Sorry. Psych, she was fired, dude. Oh my god. Oh my god. You're a bad liar. <laughs> no my god. Yeah, I listen to You are a bad liar, you motherfucker. I listen to Songs of Faith, Aretha Gospel. Um, I listen to In Person, Electrifying, Tender Moving Swinging, um Tiny Sparrow, Laughing on the Outside, Running Out of Fool uh Running Out of Fools. Unf uh, I didn't listen to the Unforgettable uh tribute to Dina Washington. Um, I listened to Yeah, Soul Sister, uh, Take It Like a Give It, I Never Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You, Aretha Arrives, Lady Soul, Aretha Now. Um, I actually didn't listen to Soul 69. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, did I say I listened to Soul 69? Because I did. <laughs> yeah, I listened to This Girl's In Love With You. I listened to Spirit in the Dark. Um... And then I just jumped. I think I listened to Hey Now Hey, maybe a little bit. I think I might have skimmed that one. Uh, and then I jumped right to Aretha 1980. And then I listened to a little bit of Love All the Hurt Away. And then I kind of skimmed forward a little bit more. Then I missed Who's Zoom and Who, which I know you guys mentioned already. I went up to uh, a little bit of Through the Storm. And then I did a deep dive on what you see is what you sweat and so damn happy. So I got a good taste. I really didn't dive as much as I could have in the 70s and 80s. I feel like I did a lot on the 60s because it was just like, um, it, it was just like, fuck it, next, 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 next. And it was earlier in the week when I had a little more time. And then I kind of scrambled today and like finished off some... <laughs> Um, like, wait, we're recording today. Fuck, 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 shit, fuck, fuck. Yeah, I, I think I was like early 1970s at the beginning of the day today. And I just <laughs> knocked out quite a few more throughout the day. I think I listened to like five or six albums today. Um, but that being said, easy to digest considering. Um, yeah. Even like the stuff that had that 80s syndrome. Um, and it's so funny you mentioned the Lauren Hill thing because like I – was thinking like, dude, this feels Lauren Hilly kind of like, I don't know. Um, when I was listening to that '91 album, uh, or was it '96? I don't know. Um, either way, uh, the one that like Lauren Hill produced that Rose song, like big Lauren Hill vibes. So it makes a lot of sense. But man, yeah. like for me, um, the '60s were electric. I actually really liked did you guys listen to the gospel album uh which which one aretha, of the aretha one? gospel like the songs of faith i didn't listen to I aretha gospel although it's important to note that uh amazing grace is also a gospel album oh okay yeah so i listened to that one first because i knew a little bit of what i was going to get myself into in the 60s and i knew it was going to be fun um <laughs> but i was actually going like i almost like like i almost cried like at certain parts and i'm not even christian but i like 
almost became a Christian with how he, she was singing. Like, I would go to church every Sunday if Aretha was singing gospel, we'll just say. Because um, it was insane. Like, And the cool thing about that album was that a lot of it was slow piano kind of work. It was a very minimal like layout for some of the songs on that album. And they're all live, too. So you're hearing people in the background like, sing it, girl, sing it, like, and all this shit. It was fucking... It felt like I was in a fucking black church in Detroit in, like, the 50s. It was amazing. Okay, so I have news about that, why that happens. Uh, so, I, like I said, I watched The Amazing Grace. I don't know if you guys have seen this. No. The, the Amazing Grace thing they put on Hulu. I was told a little about it, though. Amazing Grace is an album that she recorded. She recorded the album. They took the band and a bunch of recording equipment into a church in San Francisco and they had her sing some songs over two nights. Uh, and they invited in people to the church to come and hear her sing this thing. It's really the most fucking fascinatingly brilliant way to make a record. It's so beautiful. And uh, the the documentary is uh, Columbia Records was like, hey, we'll, we'll, have, we'll take some cameras in and we'll fucking shoot this thing. Um, while you record it and then we'll have a vi- we'll have a like a video we could like uh uh take it to theaters or something i don't know well but we'll shoot it feels like we should have cameras there uh and so uh they 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 took these cameras in to shoot this thing and then due to uh arguments with the director or whatever it got shelved and nobody saw it until 2017 basically like the year before she died. Um, and they cut together this documentary of uh, the the 35 millimeter footage that they took. Uh, and it's not a documentary where they have people like sitting and, and talking to the camera and shit like that. It's literally like documenting what happened over those two nights um, that they record this record, which went on to be like fucking 10 next platinum or whatever, <laughs> like the, the best selling gospel album of all time. Yeah. And so the songs that are taken from Aretha gospel are, uh, songs from those sessions and sessions like them. Yeah. So, I mean, like that being said, uh, it was really electric sounding. Like I would mm-hmm. suggest going back and checking it out, even not being men of faith. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. it's still remarkable because it's so it's, 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 it's like a very, like, the band is so not really there for a lot of it. Like some of it is piano, just piano and like really slow. And it gave her like a lot of space to just fucking unleash like her fucking passion, her singing, like her emotion, her soul. Like it was like, like imagine like ultra, ultra instinct in like Dragon Ball Z. Like you unleash (laughs) the most gospel of Aretha in this. And she's young and hungry and like just doing like what she does but like like with so much space to like change like her dynamic and her vocal it was like oh my god like i was literally going like yes sir like in the other like i was cleaning like while i was listening to it like yes sir praise him like just like i was about it man like it was so fucking good um and then i just went into the motown era with like the 60s and it was like fucking exactly what i wanted it to be like it was just like a lot of it was while i was driving um to and from work and and, like doing shifts and things like that and i'd have long drives and it was super nice weather out this week so it was like windows down and like her singing and it was just like 
like just fucking like grooving along just like mm, yeah like i was like man i just want to be in like motor city right now with like barbecuing out on the streets and like just like record stores and just all that shit and i just like fucking it it like she like put me somewhere like with her singing and with the band and everything during the Mo- motown era would 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 you say that she sent you Yes. That's that's something she says, right? <laughs> she sent me. But I mean like confirmed, dude, like 100% got sent like big time. And brother got sent. Brother got sent. <laughs> yes, lord. Um nah, she absolutely like I, I was just like at the beginning of the week I was like, oh, I'm not going in the Discord. I can't. I just can't go in the Discord. I can't talk about it today. I can't talk about it this week. Like, you guys were posting shit, and I was like, yep. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> like, not talking about it. And so, dude, like, the whole week, just, like, exploring that. It's just, like, I, I would be, like, I, so this whole podcast, like, every time I go into an artist, I feel like it's almost, like, homework, you know? Like, yeah. a little bit. Like, I'm just, like, oh, I got to listen to all this stuff. And, like, every single time I would do it, it would be, like, a little bit of a getting into it kind of thing. The moment it comes on with Aretha Franklin, I'm like, this is easy. Like, this is literally (laughs) – I can just sit and listen to this shit. And it doesn't, like – it doesn't, like, distract me in a bad way. Like, actually, like, it makes me feel better. Like, it's it's like she makes music that, like, when you put it on, like – it just aligns you like your chakras, like everything about your core is just like feeling better with like, she heals you. It's fucking crazy. Like it's magic, man. Yeah. And so this, like I got to the seventies and like, uh, that was fine too. Like I didn't have any issues with it, but I was just excited because I wanted to see, I saw the discord talking a bit eighties. Damn it. Aretha, (laughs) like you got hit too. like, you know, like pour some, pour some out for Aretha. Like, and like it honestly, like she got out of it unscathed in my opinion. Like (laughs) she made it through the weird shitty production of like awful producers in the eighties, like, and somehow made it through that unscathed without like a tattered name and like a forgetfulness. Like she still came out on top (laughs) and like, I liked the 1980s Aretha and, um, I didn't think it was that bad. It's when they got to that like fucking like that corny ass like fucking like heavy D style like fucking drum pattern and shit that I was just like, oh boy, like I was like, I was skimming that like I'm just going to get through it, just get through it. Let's get to the 90s. Like That that was hard. And the other hard part for me was like uh, uh, Greg said, the uh, the adult contemporary sort of. uh, hangy synth lines as well, where it's just play this one note for fucking five minutes and whatever. Yeah. And just have this very layered, heavy synth feel to it was the stuff that the eighties like, oh, adult God. contemporary ballads. Uh, I don't think any any right. any genre. No, there was some <laughs> funky disco shit in the eighties though that sounded fucking sick though. Well, to the me. song. I the agree song to that. that. You brought up school days from that record. That was is gospel. Fucking un. I know. But, but that, that whole record like had a lot of fun shit to me, and yeah. I was like, "This hasn't gotten the oh, '80s yeah. syndrome yet." Right? Like, it, it was like really fun. And then like, I went into like the next album, I think, and got like halfway through, and was like, "Nah." 
Like it was just like, <laughs> so that, that first one, just like everything sounds really good. And then you just see that like overly compressed shit. It's quieter sonically because there's just so much more like texture in like the most unnecessary way. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it was hard like mm-hmm. to get through it. So I kind of skimmed those and I came back in with like late eighties, kind of in the nineties. And so the stuff with Lauren Hill, like that Rose song on that album, pretty damn good. <laughs> I started to get into the rest of it, and I was just like, that's the good song. Like, unfortunately, that's the only one that I really was like, hell yeah. But when I got to that 03 album, um, I was really into it, like, a lot. Like, I was like, this is, like, more my speed with, like, R&B and, like, kind of, like, it had some hip-hop elements to it. And, like, she just, like, fell right in. Like, she just adapted, like instantly and just fucking was there and there's not a lot of artists that can do that uh like mm-hmm. she can and like i would say parliament funkadelic does a good job with that mm-hmm. like you know they're older guys but they they tip their hat to like the rap and all that shit like when i saw them live they were doing like hard rock into like funk into like rap music like they had a guy like rapping to certain parts and just fucking going for it Bootsy Collins does the same thing. He he like embraces it. Like a lot of these like soulful people, like the people with soul accept and acknowledge that music changes and they can either change with it or they can just stay where they're at and just like well, on that her, hill. her level of technical skill too was like she could have done anything. There was But it's so not like... but, but here's the thing though about that though is that it's not just her technical skill at no, all because it's there's not. so many technical artists. But like with her, it's like music was literally her like she like she just like fucking embodied like music. Like it's just like she gets the good parts of every genre and did it. Like there was Dixie, like country shit in her earlier stuff. Like right. she just like got all the stuff that was good and was like, here's my take on it. And like I know what I I'm picking up what you guys are putting down. Like, and that's like such good adaptation that like, it's like unmatched. There's a particularly beautiful part, uh, on, uh, at the beginning of amazing grace where her dad, her dad is there, uh, for the duration of the recording. He's there. He plays the piano for her and he comes up and he does these sort of, uh, he speaks directly to the crowd so that she doesn't, which is kind of a wonderful effect that he's there to be her, front so that she can just sing she doesn't speak to the audience the entire time it's really kind of bizarre but also kind of like this person is an angel and angels don't speak to humans um uh you know like like or if she talked to you like your head would explode or something you know what i mean and uh there's a very uh particularly beautiful part at the beginning where he's on the piano and this is her own father is like She's going to sing some gospel music tonight. I hope that's all right with you folks, which is kind of a ridiculous thing to say because they're in a church. Um, <laughs> uh, but he goes, I want uh, to listen to metal. <laughs> yeah. He, he goes, uh, she's going to sing some gospel tunes uh, if that's all right with you. And uh, uh, she can sing anything that she likes, you know? Uh, and it's such a, this uh, sort of beautiful sentiment that uh, her own father is like, she's, she can do anything, man. Like she's powerful. 
and uh, so yeah, like the, when she does, I think she makes the transitions better than I've seen other artists do it. You know, like I said, like we, uh, you look at like a, a, a Queen goes from making the game, which is like a kind of like a pop hard rock record, and then then in '82 they make Hot Space, which is a fucking dance record out of nowhere, and rightfully so. Their entire fan base is like, "What the fuck is this?" Outside of under outside of under pressure, who is listening to that entire thing? No, right? And she does, she like her music changes, but like it doesn't change that much, and it doesn't change for long either. Like she just because she's just this whole other thing, man. She's, yeah, yeah. Like like everything sort of evolved. Like her sound evolves from mm-hmm. her Columbia years to Atlantic years to the Arista years, and you know so on so forth. She really, like, she was, like, the foundation for R&B to really take off into the mainstream. And whenever she, again, mercy to the songwriters sort of thing, but when she was thrown into a new era of kind of a more pop-centric style, most of the time she adapted pretty damn well because that's what a lot of other artists were doing based on her style before. So it's like... Why not have the OG sort of do something a little new, but still sound nearly, like her? It, it's not nearly as good, but it's not bad. Yeah. You know, it's not as bad as some other people fell into. So um, what were some particular songs that really did it for you guys? Uh, I have a whole four hour playlist here. Um, <laughs> let's see if I went through most of the albums here. Um, obviously, the. Uh, I Never Loved a Man the Way That I Love You album is, like, front-to-back classic. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Otis Redding ain't got nothing on me. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. That's Life is a fantastic number. Uh, Chain of Fools, um, Lady Soul, that entire record's also front-to-back fucking bangers. Um, um Spirit in the Dark, the title track in particular, I really loved how it switched up to like that fast gospel clapping toward the end of that track. I loved that transition. It was just so smooth. Um, Daydreaming, Young, Black, and Gifted, First Snow and Kokomo was really good. And I wanted to talk about more in particular, because this is where it sort of like ended as like the last great record for me up until uh, Who's Zoomin' Who was uh, the... Hey Now Hey record, um, the last three tracks, because the the it starts off really strong. The middle, I think the songs kind of get maybe just a little bit too long for, you know, what they're doing. They're all good songs. It just kind of drags a little bit. But then Moody's Mood, Just Right Tonight, and Master of Eyes. What the fuck? Those are incredible. <laughs> Moody's Mood, like, that was when I'm, like, I had to look back and, like, research it, like, this record is so fucking bizarre and experimental compared to, and already, uh, Young, Black, and Gifted was already a really massive record for her, and so she just goes, like, you know, let's maybe make a little bit of a jazz record. I mean, Quincy Jones is involved in the songwriting here. I just didn't expect it to go that weird, like, Moody's Mood is fast. It is fast, and Aretha is just topping it every single second, and I'm like, my head was spinning. 
Uh, yeah, I see, like I said earlier, I don't think of her as an artist as much of a feeling. And, 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 and the reason for that is that I, I, I found it difficult to pick out songs that I liked more than others. I felt like I liked everything basically the same and, and, and felt basically the same about more or less everything that she did from her early, uh, vocal jazz stuff. You know, like we talked about when we talked about Billie Holiday, mm-hmm. like that's my shit. So like I was down with it. I liked her, um, version of God bless the child that she did. Um, the other Billie Holiday tune that she did. I really liked uh, a bunch of this stuff from there, even though admittedly, like you can even feel at that time that like the gospel part of her needs to be exercised more than oh, it's yeah. being exercised. Yeah, no, it was definitely more transitioning um, and, toward like pop at that point or whatever. Like the right, label was like, Hey, right. you need to make the hits. And guess what? Gospel is not quite doing it anymore. So, but Aretha was like, <laughs> I'm Aretha fucking Franklin. What are you going to do? I think that, I think there was also, there was a worry about the gospel sound being maybe too black at the time. Or I whatever, wouldn't be surprised you know? that was probably so part it of it. Wasn't... I didn't research too much into like the drastic change of her sound, but. Right. It wasn't being, being focused on, even though, even when she's doing vocal jazz, it's like vocal jazz by a gospel. Yeah. <laughs> like she's still <laughs> belting it, it at times is. on those records. And, and you're just kind of like, right. Yeah. I could see this fitting better later because <laughs> the band is just yeah. not yeah. helping. <laughs> right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, once she moved into the era, uh, you know, the hit songs are the hit songs, respect and yeah. think and um, those uh, those tracks, you know, and I dug those. Um, I'd say uh, I who's, did, who's uh, and who the record um, was probably the 80s record that I'm like, hey, this is actually good 80s Aretha because she just lays yeah, into, record, yeah, record she lays wise, into yeah. the diva stuff like perfectly. And then following that, it just I agree doesn't with that. quite because you stopped at the uh, second Aretha Arista record, right? The 1886. Was that right? You didn't listen to uh, yeah, the, Through the Storm. The 1986 one, yeah. I didn't listen to Through the Storm. I didn't listen to uh, A Rose is Still a Rose or So Damn Happy yeah. or any of those. Because on... I got close. I got yeah, close to finish. On, uh, on Through the Storm, there's actually a fair amount of collaborators on it in which the record is an okay 80s record. Again, I, I liked it better than the early mm-hmm. 80s records of hers just because it's... It, it still has a little bit of that weird adult contemporary thing, but it's not as bad. But the features on here, mm-hmm. she did one with James Brown. That was an intro track. That was weird. It was right. basically them just shooting the shit and having fun on the mic. That's literally what the entire song is. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound great. Like, I wouldn't listen to this again, but it was just kind of a fun intro just for Arifa and James to just shoot the shit. Because yeah, it's the two yeah. of them, right? Like, she's you literally know? bragging so, about being the queen yeah. of soul and stuff next to the godfather of soul and shit and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of funny i wouldn't listen to it again because it just it just gets obnoxious um but then right. there was uh she actually does a collaboration with whitney houston which turned out very well and then also wow. uh the title track had elton john on it like and that was actually pretty decent like the collaborations on the record were more of the highlights than just the ones that were given to aretha just on her own 
Yeah, I think it's maybe, I, I don't know if we could really understand the kind of star that Aretha Franklin was, but I know particularly with those 70s rock guys, her records were yeah. fucking huge. Like, they just love that shit, especially yeah. the British guys. And then A Rose uh, is Still A Rose. But, like that was that was a dope track. Uh, the record itself was fine, and uh, So Damn Happy yeah, was definitely yeah. an improvement. I think it just was better executed. It didn't, I don't think it had any features on it. Which was a first for a while, but um, yeah, it, it seemed a bit more like just classically in her vein, and it was just executed well. It was a good record. It wasn't like it wasn't fantastic, but it was still like, yeah, I'd listen to this again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, lastly, I think a, a late period song that I was like, holy shit, she found a thing that I wish she would have done more is uh, School Days, which I think... Yeah, I think that was definitely like the song, song at the end of the record that I was like in love with. Of Aretha 1980 that yeah. I think it's on. Um, that It's great. Uh, and uh, I really, really uh, enjoyed that. But uh, Drew, uh, specific songs, did it strike you that way or what? I feel like I'm kind of more in your boat, Bryce, where, like... I could listen to anything. I don't care. Like, with the exception of maybe a couple of records in the early 80s, like, you could put on anything of hers, and I... Gospel or not gospel or whatever, I'm like, I don't care. Just just more, you know? Nah, it's... I don't know, man. It's fucking hard to describe, like, how... uh, It's all just so good, man. Like, it's kind (laughs) of like... I want to be able to like be critical of something, but it's like impossible with her. Like for me, at least like some people might, I mean, I don't know who, but like, unless you're like trying to be like, just like different and disagreeing just to disagree. (laughs) You know, there might be some people who, who uh, don't really feel this type of thing. I don't know how you could have like a human heart. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's just like, this is so good. Like, all of it just has so, like, literally, like, she created soul, basically. You know what I mean? Like, because she's, she really channels her soul into this. Like, like when people say, I put my soul into this fucking work, it's like, yeah, but, like, did you, like, do it, like, Aretha Franklin level soul? Or did you, like... She's well, the bar. She's the you bar. You know, like, there were other people working at that time who were doing that type of thing. The people over on Motown, Sam Cooke, I mean, who she covers some songs for. She does a particularly good version of... I'm uh, not I'm not bad-mouthing anyone else. I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> she's, like, untouchable. Like... <laughs> It's just like there's no comparison. There's no like for me at least. There's no comparison. There's no like uh relations. Like it's just Aretha is just Aretha and it's in the best way that she's that. Like for yeah. me. I mean, uh, all all deeply opinionated like but I like when I want to go back and like do some like laid back soulful shit, like and just like vibe out, I'm gonna go to Aretha now. Like <laughs> with all the other stuff that I go to, you know, right. like like obviously I'll vibe out to some like Curtis Mayfield or like you know, like the Meters or something. But like I'm gonna also probably just go to Aretha too because it's just like <laughs> such a good mood and like 
she did it for me, man. She did it for me. Like I, I really felt like this was like one of my most enjoyable explorations that I've done to date, like for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more song I wanted to mention that I really liked. Uh, she did a cover of Groovin', uh, which has been done by like fucking everybody because it's a fucking amazing song. Uh, I think Temptations are maybe the original one, uh, but Marvin Gaye does a version as well, and uh, a bunch of bands have done versions as well. Uh, that song is unreal, and I think her version might be my favorite version. <laughs> Uh, even with uh, uh, me being a genuine fan of the composition itself, having heard it other places, I was like, oh, wow, she she does an even better version of it than the ones that I already liked. Um, so I don't know. That, I guess that says something about her voice. <laughs> yeah. She's just so tasteful. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing, too. It's like, she really does go ham, like, singing-wise. Mm-hmm. But, like, somehow does it in a way where it's not like, all right, show off. Like, it's just kind of like, <laughs> this is so smoothly amazing. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like she's so good at like showboating her craft without being like, look how many notes I can hit or like, it's, look how good this sounds. It's effortlessly incredible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's there. Whatever. And, and the last note I have to make about her um, before we move on, is like, even when I listen to her later stuff, it's like her voice like matured and like changed in positive ways somehow. Like, yeah, you know, how like some artists, they kind of lose it and they, yeah, Billy, Billy holiday fell off like big time. And we made no, that's a really it, right? extreme example, like, but even the ones that still do stuff like they'll, yeah. they'll kind of like, they'll try and figure out their new voice as they get older. Mm-hmm. She just, fucking falls right into it she's like this is my new voice like i'm cool with this you know what i mean like she has like no issues getting there and like you could hear the oldness in her voice on the o3 record and it's still like fucking fire it's like still (laughs) fucking amazing like you're like what the fuck yeah like i thought that she would have a harder time with some shit but it's like she's just like her vocal cords got a little looser you know she's a little bit lower but like and she's got a little more raspiness you know Mm-hmm. But it sounds fucking good. Like, it still sounds fucking amazing. It's just different. Yeah. But it's weird how that, like, worked. Like, she literally just, like, went seamlessly through a five-decade career in music and was just like, <laughs> no big deal. Just brushed the dirt off the shoulder. Just made it through five decades of music. No big deal. So, Crazy. W- with that being your closing statement, how many slaps, Drew? One out of five. <laughs> <laughs> plus four yeah so five my first wow. five has the to be five. aretha franklin for sure five out of five That's we'll beautiful. go back and listen to her a lot probably <laughs> as much as you could say she stands on the shoulders of a billy holiday and and other people like that right uh there is something that comes from her and admittedly comes from gospel music that isn't present before and is incredibly present after with everybody else. Um, that is just that it comes from her experience, you know? 
Uh, I am also going to give her a five, which is the first uh, perfect score in the history of the show. I think she absolutely deserves it. She... Um, I, I don't think I've ever, uh, up until we hit those eighties albums. Cause I was going through the seventies and I was like, I don't think I've ever come across an artist personally like this person where, uh, I fucking love everything. I love everything. There's not a bad song on any of this shit. Um, and uh, that was my feeling up until those 80s records. But even the 80s records, I was like, I, like, I felt bad. I was like, oh, man, this isn't good. And it's not your fault. I'm sorry. It's it's the, it's the I, I understand what's going on. Uh, but it was definitely, uh, uh, man, it was an experience and, and is somebody that I will um I will go back to, or, you know, if it ever comes on, if we're, if I'm hanging out somewhere and it comes on, I'm like, oh man, oh man. Cause there were literally times I was listening to this record, uh, or these records, this artist, uh, while I was doing something else, while I was, uh, uh, playing game or cleaning or cooking or whatever, where like I had to stop what I was doing to fucking feel the note that was happening. Uh, it like took control of my body. It was really wild. Man. I had I had like uncounting uncountable amounts of times throughout this week where I would be listening to her, yeah. like, and then I would just like involuntarily go, "Whoa!" or like, "Oh, damn!" like like involuntary, like Tourette's style, like fucking, "Oh shit!" like or like, "Whoa!" like just like. So many times, like I think so. I now that we're at the end, we've all given our numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, I when I got to the first album right after Gospel, because Gospel was really good, but um, the first '60s album, I think it was like song one. I was like, oh shit, and then by song two, I was like, I just have this feeling that this is gonna be my first five out of five, like. <laughs> By song two of like the second album, I was just like, "Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, it's gonna take a lot for me to say otherwise. Like, this is just so fucking good." Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I don't know if you noticed, uh, but like I said, around around the hour mark, we don't have Greg's recording anymore for what happened, and unfortunately, me hopping back in here at the end here. Oh, I should probably have have said that this is me hopping back in in production by the way uh where uh his audio is not here it was his week to choose the artist and uh since the the audio is not here there's I, i tried to present to you guys a version of that part of the show that made sense and without Greg here, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Uh, so I will tell you what happened. Uh, we went through a number of different artists and ended up settling on um, the death metal group Gojira uh, as, as uh, the most wild uh, uh, antidote to uh, Aretha Franklin uh, as possible. Uh, that was after... Uh, you'll notice uh, his uh, his rating was also not present on the show. He also gave Aretha five stars, which you could probably pull from context. Uh, our first uh, 15 out of 15 
uh, ever on the show. Perfect score. Um, and uh, lovely for her to get that. She absolutely deserves that. She's wonderful. Uh, but we're moving into Gojira now. Uh, I'm going to take you forth after this uh, to the uh, finale of the show, which is all me speaking for the most part. Uh but uh, again, I, I, I thank you guys for your patience. It's been uh, a nightmare editing situation and scenario uh, that unfortunately uh, we were let down by the tools, which uh, again is, is uh, compounded by the fact that they are not cheap tools uh, to use. And so uh, we uh, next week we'll take uh, more precautions to make sure that come hell or high water, the entire conversation uh, can be presented. Uh, and, uh, and hopefully we won't have issues like this on the future. I appreciate your patience. Um, we're a new show working with new equipment and new people. And unfortunately, things like this kind of happen early on in shows like this. Um, uh, but I, you know, you guys know me. I'm my greatest uh, um, ambition and, uh, and hope for this show is that I can present something that sounds great and complete and uh entertaining every week and when my tools make me fail to do that uh it's uh really frustrating uh, but i appreciate all of you who've stuck by us uh discord's the place to go tinyurl.com slash uh rock of shame um and uh We'll be back uh, next week with uh, Gojira. Uh, so I will now present to you the the end of the recording. Um, and uh, once again, thanks for your patience. Thanks for joining us. If you're joining us, uh, thank you for uh, listening to the show. We're having a great time uh, over here week after week after week, especially when uh, uh, technology is cooperative with us. Uh, we'll be back next week with Volume 8, Gojira. Uh, please subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. Share it around. Music is better with friends, as we always say on the show. But for now and until then, your favorite band is out there. Go and find them. And that band is Aretha Franklin. <laughs>